0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Posbon and with me as always is Aaron Blauchuk. Hi. And Jordan Walensky. Bonjour. (laughs) For those that... International. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) For those that don't know, VGM stands for Video Game Music and we are taking you through the generations. Basically once a week, three friends with varied gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And uh, remember, as always, to stick to the end of the episode for contest contest details. But right now, we have the uh, last month's winner, and that winner is John Mitchell from Seattle, Washington, who, according to his Twitter profile, he loves to draw and he likes to play video
1: games. So very appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds just like me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So congratulations, John Mitchell. Uh, I will contact you on Twitter, and you can uh, pick your prize from the games from last month. And uh, but we're out of the Steam sale season, so he doesn't get uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't get uh, Tomb Raider, yeah. but he can get Laura Croft. Go if he still is in a Tomb Raider feel, yeah. Tomb Raider vibe. But yeah, so congrats, John Mitchell, and uh, yeah. So now we're onto this month's episode. This month seems, and we are. So it's the beginning of the new year. It's January. <laughs> Goodbye, 2016. Goodbye, 2016. Oh, Hello, 2017. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're a lot better. (laughs) But uh, in that spirit, we're talking about first level music. So level one, level one. Yeah. Level one music. I like that better. (laughs) Level one music. So yeah, you boot up the game, you get into the first level and these are the songs you hear.
1: January's level one of 2017. So correct. There we go. Yeah. I guess, I guess uh, new year's day
2: would be level one, one. That. One, one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, last year's uh, game when we got to the boss level of uh, December, it really beat the hell out of me. So, you know, yeah. I got beat, so I got to beat this year. Yeah, that's
1: how I right, win. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So welcome
0: back to the land of the living for Aaron. Yeah. We had uh, Norm fill in, but uh, always glad to have you back. Yeah. I said, I said last time though, that like Norm's going to fill in so much, I'm just going to have to buy a fourth <laughs> mic and he's just going to have to become permanent memory. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, level one music and, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. And uh, my pick this week is the, uh, it's technically the main theme, but it is also the level one theme from Super Mario 64.
1: The best Mario game ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, you know, well, definitely a groundbreaking Mario game. No question. Well, actually, so just to quickly, Nintendo EAD, uh, published Nintendo, of course, 2012. So not. What? Or no, sorry, that's way <laughs> wrong. I was like, wait, hang on, that's not right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I messed up the date. Do you guys yeah. remember 1996? when year it came out? 1996? 1996 96 sounds, sounds right. right. Yeah. I was, I'm, I'm I was like, wait, 19... that was
2: going to be my guess too, so but the not. two of us can't be right. <laughs> all right, let's
0: see if you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys are probably right. I was like, hang on, that doesn't sound right at all. Came so, out, this game came out six 1996
2: years ago? is my guess for like every everything. <laughs> 96, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Wow. June 23rd, 1996.
0: Well done. Let me just uh, correct that note right now. <laughs> all right. And uh, 1996, Music Pie, of course, Cozy Condo. Who else? The lazy, the lazy, <laughs> the infamously lazy Kochi Kondo. But um, so uh, the first level you play in uh, Super Mario 64 is, what is it? A bomb battlefield. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. I knew you guys would know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one of the reasons I picked this one is it has like that classic, Mario hook intro, right? Like every every Mario game like that first level has like just that that dun, punch dun, that dun, gets you. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah, the You one. remember it forever. Exactly. So and every every Mario one has it. So that's the one for this one. Um and uh actually, so here's another piece of trivia for you guys. This is one of the first games to have Charles Martinet as the voice, but it's not the first. I will give you $5 <laughs> if you can name me the first game that Charles Martinet did the voice for
1: was it a GBA title?
0: Nope. Mario Hotel on the PC. No, but you're close. You both don't get the five bucks, but you
2: can uh, keep well, going uh, if you want.
0: That's all I got. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know Hotel Mario. I've never heard of this game in my life. Mario's Game Gallery is, hmm. and it was like a, it was like a classic, like kind of card game, board game. Like it had like, uh, I think it had like solitaire and like. Uh, Chess and checkers and stuff. Weird, super weird game. Not even developed by Nintendo. Developed by uh, the guys who went on to do, do Fallout. So uh, Bethesda? Not Bethesda, the smaller studio. The v- Bethesda published. It was like... I want to say like... InSoft or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, um, that was the first... Uh, that was just a fun piece of trivia I learned last night while going through this. Because I always how, thought how it was... How the hell did
2: they get Mario to appear on their thing? Well, no,
0: it, Nintendo yeah, like published it. Were well, like contracted it out basically, okay. so they were like, "Yeah, we want to do like a Mario minigame collection." Um, and <laughs> card uh, games, yeah, and it was like chess and like it's like board games, kind of yeah. like classic board games. So, so they,
1: they must have had Charles Martinet on on payroll already, but this might have been just like his first crack at it to get into character, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I guess sort of, yeah, because
0: they he was already all like obviously doing the voice and like he, all the auditions had gone, but like I always thought sixty four. Super Mario 64 was the first time yeah. Mario hello. had his... Exactly. Well, the funny that's thing... That's actually really good. <laughs>
2: well, and that's the thing. is, It's not even like that anymore because in the later games, he's much more higher pitched. More like,
0: hello! Yeah, it goes... Yeah, it yeah. moved up. And, yeah. and so
2: you go back and you listen to his voice yeah. in Mario 64 and it's quite a bit different. Did
0: Toad have a good voice at this point Toad or was did. it already
2: bad? No, Toad had a good voice through to... Um, actually, the first voice time he was really voiced was, was Kart, Mario right? Kart. yeah, And he had a good voice yeah. in, car, in Kart 64, yeah. which... Always surprised me they never carried that through because he yeah, had this... Yeah, it got all gravelly yeah, later. Yeah. He, he, he started he,
0: smoking. <laughs> 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 but anyway. So anyway, uh, on to the music stuff. So um, actually, I have to... I'm going to give a shout out right now to a YouTube channel. Just starting out. Uh, they've only got a few videos up. But uh, 8-Bit Music Theory. So this guy uh, started this as a YouTube channel and he's like... Really, like when we say music theory, we mean music theory, like he's going through like chord structure, Mm -hmm. you know, like note structure, all this stuff, like all these different types of ways of writing music. But he did a great video uh, that I uh, found while I was looking about info for this game called Why Does Mario Music Sound Fun? And it's just basically all about how Koji Kondo constructs Mario themes, and like the ways he makes them sound interesting but fun, like complicated but not intimidating, Mm. really easy, uh, easily hummable and memorable and stuff. Uh, He talks about his um, his uh, uh, use of motif Mm. and and making sure that all his all his songs have that motif that you can grab onto instantly and get stuck in your head. Right. So like, you know, any Mario song you can think like th- the first one that always pops into mind for me is like the underground theme, the da, 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 Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know why, but that like that will never leave my head. Right.
2: Well, it's funny too, because in Koji Kondo for most of the Mario games, there's usually something called an athletic theme, right? Exactly. Which yep. is, it's a common theme and you know, like it's called athletic theme because it's designed to be like, intense and very like energetic and that kind of thing
0: right yeah exactly so uh so let's have a listen and then uh you can listen to that that great intro and then uh i'll talk about some stuff uh some more personal things and and game development things after we have a listen but let's have a listen to the main theme from super mario 64 see charles martinet when he came no uh, did you go um yeah i i, I saw him y- well yeah so i went to his yeah. uh his like panel but i didn't i didn't go to his panel okay no, yeah no. so me and steph went to the panel yeah um at this uh the last expo, expo yeah and uh <laughs> that guy like he ha- he is as energetic as his voice sounds like he's <laughs> crazy like he's like a 65 year old dude and he's got like maybe like an 8-year-old's energy yeah. like it's nuts every time you see him
2: interviewed it's like do a bit of mario and he'll do like a string for like oh, yeah. 20 yeah. seconds yeah. and that's and exactly like, yeah.
0: what he did he came Okey-dokey. out <laughs> yeah he came out and he did like <laughs> like yeah. 10 minutes of mario and like the interviewer was like trying to start the interview he's like <laughs> no i'm just going so yeah and he like i guess yeah like it was weird cuz he was saying that like when he got contracted to the voice um like to audition for the voice they were like just do like an italian plumber from brooklyn or whatever (laughs) and so everyone was playing it like he could hear the other people and they're all doing like i'm from brooklyn i'm plumber like they were doing like they're really like totally like what you'd expect yeah exactly and but there that was it that was like the only thing they told him going into it yeah and then, so he was like, "Well, I'm gonna play it different. Like everybody else is doing the same thing, I'm gonna just do something different." And then he went into the Mario voice, <laughs> and they were like, "Yep, that's it." So it's crazy. I guess no, I, Mario For his a, voice. Yeah. And, well, it. he does ch- just about yeah, everybody he now. every like male character. Yeah. He still doesn't do Toad. No. But and no. he doesn't do like Peach or anyone. Actually, the, uh, <laughs> he should do Peach. <laughs> that would be funny. Actually, uh, the funny thing I learned uh, doing more research was the voice of Peach in this game was voiced by the senior editor of Nintendo Power at the time. Oh, really? And she also did the English text translation for the game. And she and so I think it was one of those we need a peach. Hey, yeah. you, you work for Nintendo? Uh, come do a voice. That's what I love about <laughs> the early
2: days of like all video games. Yeah. It's like any whenever they were putting a voice in the game, it was like Joe from down the hall. Like you've got some time, come record something. Exactly, exactly. And one of the no- notorious examples of that I always find is uh, Ultima Underworld. I don't know if you guys know the no. know the game, but its voice acting is like so bad. Yeah, it feels like just developer and friends recording stuff. Steph
0: was showing me a game uh, she used to play. It was like a point-and-click adventure called King's Quest. Oh, yeah. It was a PC, and, like, that was the same thing. Oh, my God, we watched... You're talking about King's Quest. Like, I wouldn't know what that was. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Do you? Okay, you're you're a big Like, I haven't played,
2: like, a whole bunch of King's Quest back to the original.
0: Yeah, but anyway, actually, there is a remake of King's Quest on a total sidetrack, but there's a remake, and it's great. You can play the first, uh, like, level for free, Mm. and Steph, like... I downloaded it on my computer and then I just left my room while she played it all night. So it's pretty funny. But anyway, um, back to super Mario 64 and this song specifically. So, uh, the, my one personal thing, the reason, so I love all super Mario music. It's all great. Um, all the first levels are all really good. I actually almost picked, um, super Mario 3d world, which say what you will about the game. But that first, Music, like the first level music. Fantastic. And it reminds me a lot of the new Mario Kart music. It, it sounds like it was almost done by the same musicians and composed by the same person because it's got these like big saxels in it, just like Mario Kart 8 music. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: remember it. I Actually, don't remember Which it at is all. funny because whenever I try to think of new Mario music, just the new Super Mario Brothers stuff comes to mind. Yeah, me too. And I think we may have mentioned we're all pretty sick of the uh, new Super Mario Brothers yeah. theme. Yeah, yeah. We but could, we could come. Uh, we could have a new theme, please, Nintendo for Mario. Yeah, bring back yeah. the
0: old theme, the original. Yeah, do a, do a new remix or something. Well, like there that. was a remix of the original in excuse the me 3DS? in this game. Uh, like there was kind of a reimagining yeah, 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 of yeah. the uh, and and the Starman theme was also mm-hmm. in this one too, but. Um, so the reason I had to pick this song, though, is it used to be my ringtone on my phone in like high school. I made it there. I, this, so this is like back in the day before, like customizable ringtones were a thing. So I had this like Motorola phone and I found the software online on like Kazaa or something. I like illegally download <laughs> the software to change the uh, images, like to change the screen image and to change the ringtone. And, um... I I made it this song, but that phone had the loudest ring, (laughs) like had the loudest speaker for ringing ever. And it was the intro. It was like, you
1: were that guy before there was a that guy. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, was this this prior to like, was this in the early days of ringtones when it was all like, Well, because we'll you couldn't they, set a customized
2: ringtone unless you were savvy enough to do the, uh, to do get the yeah. software.
1: And and like, I
0: had to change the file to some ch- crazy file type. It wasn't MP3. Yeah. It was like some weird thing. I had to find a custom like Motorola <laughs> audio translator. And so it was you like, it a was pioneer
2: in making people scowl
0: at you on, on exactly. transit. Well, so. and all my friends hated it. Right. <laughs> and so, and I used to like, uh, you know, I'd be with them on Friday or whatever. And my mom would call me and it and my friend would just roll his eyes and like groan audibly well, every time. So. speaking of ringtones, it's that
2: um, when I started working here and first met you, yeah, is in that like yeah, that's you how you we came to friends. Yeah, exactly. You came to like work at my computer and like your ringtone went off and it was it was Metroid or something. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a red Metroid ringtone. Yeah. So that's, no, I that, that's to, how I
0: knew you were a, a decent human being. Well that's I that. used to call it my friend finder. Yeah. Because <laughs> like if I got a text, it was my text tone mm. and it was the like Metroid, like the landing sound. Yeah. And uh if that went off and I was around someone and they were like, I know that I was like you and I then can be friends <laughs> If their eyes grow wide and they <gasps> yeah, exactly exactly so um, A couple other fun facts about the game before we move on um, One of the cool things about this game is famously when they were developing this game they uh, Before they built any levels before anything else uh, they had Mario built and they just had him running around on a plane grid And they worked for months and months and months on just how he felt, how he moved and how the camera moved before they built any level. So that's why Mario feels so good in this game. Like Mm. the triple jump and all that stuff. It's fantastic. Well, that
2: basically set the standard for every single 3D platformer to come after. And it's funny that like it still stands the test of time in how good it is to control. Yeah, you can go back and it's great. Though its camera leaves a little bit of desire. Yeah, but they were still figuring it out. But the camera at yeah. the
0: time though for what it was like for being the first go at it like they did a pretty good job. Well, they did. They did the best of what they
2: had because yeah. they had the C buttons on the uh, yeah, N64 the stick, stick. stick which were there was no stick or No, no just
0: That's buttons. right. It was yeah. just buttons. That's right. So yeah. There yeah. The, buttons there were
1: The yellow buttons would spin the camera yeah. and if you paused it you could actually turn off the camera. So mm-hmm. the the guy following you with the camera, he would actually stay in place. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to, you could play the whole level with a locked camera, which made it impossible because Mario <laughs> Mario would get really, really small and you'd run behind a wall and lose him. Yeah. Well,
2: I saw a great video the other day where um, two people were playing uh, a multiplayer hack of Mario 64. So they are both, so one was playing Mario, one was playing Luigi and they're playing on Bob on battlefield. And it was hilarious to watch because the camera only follows one of them. Yeah. And so the other one's like, way off in No Man's Land, and also they were doing the Penguin Slide Race
0: as well, which (laughs) doesn't make any sense. That's actually probably my favorite song, just to interrupt, that's probably my favorite song for Mario 64, is the slider theme. I love it.
1: Could you imagine how fun the multiplayer would be if they were just, not local multiplayer, because you kind of want your own screen, but uh, multiplayer where you have a Mario and Luigi running around bob Battlefield, like throwing shells at each other. Well, it's kind of a shame,
2: because the DS version, they added a whole bunch of characters. You could play as Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, Wario, Wario, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, and that had the for capability for wireless communication. If only they'd put it in the
0: game where you could play together. Well, that would be great. Here's the, you guys are perfectly ah. rolling into my things. Uh, <laughs> initially, it was going to be a split-screen co-op game with Mario and Luigi. When they were first developing, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to do split-screen co-op Mario Luigi on the 64, but they just didn't have the horsepower. It's mm-hmm. um, too bad. Yeah, so they just couldn't do it. It's and funny make it that there are smooth. hacks that do it. Yeah, yeah, but now, it's not now split screen. It. It's single screen. Yeah, and like I said, but it was, know, it was like uh, Luigi. They did have like, they had kind of a, a you know, a basic framework built like for that prototype but, kind of thing. Yeah, but never went through. Um, what else? Oh, they, uh, one of the things that they said while they were playing it was that, um, that it, he had to have a shadow. Like in early versions of the game, he didn't have a shadow, so when you were dropping, you couldn't really quite tell where you were. And even though it's not realistic that your shadow would always be directly below you, they uh, one of the developers called it an ironclad necessity. No, yeah, it is because I
2: I still think about games that I used to play that had either like isometric or even like in two D kind of stuff, two D yeah. or three D where you no pl- shadow, where you don't have a shadow, and those games are a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I've, yeah.
1: impossible to play. I talked about that with uh, in the last month with the bad games episode. That was one of the major problems I had was solstice mm-hmm. and equinox was yeah. no shadow the game's broken and i stopped playing it
0: mm-hmm. and then uh the last thing i wanted to say was um the american chairman of nintendo uh was howard lincoln and when miyamoto was developing this game uh he really wanted it to be big he wanted it to have a lot of features a lot of levels a lot of new cool stuff in it and the game was actually supposed to come out christmas 1995 and because Miyamoto was trying to put so much in it, they actually pushed it back to 96. So it was specifically because of Miyamoto the game got pushed. Everybody was ready. Like, yeah. it was ready to go pretty much. And he was just like, no, there's got to be more. <laughs> so he just kept cramming stuff He's into pioneering it. pioneering so. the game delay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we, you have Miyamoto. Thanks for the wait, but also for... Oh, Such yeah. an awesome, cool game with so I, much cool I stuff. I always
2: agree that a game, you know, take that time to cook it a little longer Absolutely. and make it the best yeah. it can be. Because yeah.
0: uh, what is it? I f- I think it's Miyamoto's quote, but like, a bad game is bad forever, but a late game is only late. It's yeah. only bad a few months, right?
1: Yeah. At the beginning, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So anyway, so that's all I have to say we that was that was a deep one we
2: went down a deep dark <laughs> well, hole with Mario there's 64 There's a lot to say but, about Mario yeah. and that's that's and, especially and that is a right? landmark game so Absolutely, you know, yeah, you have to, was,
1: yeah. so where does it rank for you cuz to me that to me this is the best Mario game <laughs> ever made
0: yeah so here's the problem with Mario 64 for me is that i didn't play it when it came out yeah. i didn't i didn't have a 64 initially and when i got my 64 i got it i think i've talked about this before but i got it with a pack in and the pack in was zelda And I never actually owned Super Mario 64. And so I've never, like, I've never straight run it, 100% it kind of thing. I've played it here and there. Uh, I was always thinking about getting the 3DS one, but then I tried it. I didn't really like it. I didn't, it's really weird. Uh, It's not 3DS, sorry, it's just DS. Mm. And it's really, really, really weird to play that game with. Out an analog stick. Yeah, you. The best way to play
2: it was with the thumb pad. Like you, you could get a little thumb nub that you put on your hand, and then you'd use the touch screen, and it played well that way because that was a substitute for the analog stick. Yeah. So, so don't try and play it with the D pad. No. Yeah. So that's the thing.
0: So one of these days, I'm just gonna have to like. I still don't own it for the 64. So one of these days, I'm just gonna have to go buy it (laughs) and play right through it. But I do. I don't know. I don't know where it ranks in my list of games. It's probably. It's still pretty high up there, but. I don't. I don't feel like I love it as much as I should, kind of thing. But I do love it, and, and and there's no denying that it absolutely is a landmark yeah. game, right? I want to tell was, a
2: quick story about it. Yeah, too, go ahead. That I don't know. Maybe I've told in the podcast. I hope I haven't yet. But it's yeah. actually the story of how I got my N64. Okay. And it's. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll just but, cut it out if you said it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I uh, I'd come home from work um, one day, and I think I was working like my first job. And so I was making money and I had no responsibilities, but yeah, I came home the, from work, the,
0: the good times of and, and
2: the N64 had like just come out and it was new and it was hot. And I just said to my younger brother, I'm like, we're, we, my parents were away and I'm like, get in the car. We're just going to buy an N64. So we like him and like his friend that he had over, we hopped in the car. We went down to the real Canadian superstore <laughs> and we uh, bought an N64 and I told my parents that we had gone out for ice cream. Because I, I don't think, I didn't want them to know that I'd made such just a big purchase like that, just straight up. I didn't just a reckless abandon. Just a reckless sort of thing. Yeah. So we bought this N64 and I came home and I, we, we, we'd play it in secret because Mario 64 was a pack-in. So we'd like lock the door and hide away and play it in secret. And then until I realized that my parents had no idea the difference between the N64 and like this, any other yeah, console yeah. ever. <laughs> so we just like. We experiment. We just played out in the open. My parents had no idea. Video games are was. just video games. Yeah, exactly. Games. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a controller. It a... There's
0: colors on the screen and it, I hear Mario.
2: But yeah. that's the thing is it was so different
0: from anything that came before yeah, it, but jump they wouldn't recognize, yeah, to 3D but
2: and... And... they wouldn't recognize the jump in <laughs> technology. So, yeah. you know, no, no, no disrespect for my parents, but it's just, you know.
0: <laughs> well, it was like, uh, it was when I, like, I got my PS2 the first, like the first time I got my PS2 and I think I was playing Ratchet and Clank and my sister came in the room and she was like, this doesn't look any different than the 64. I was like, get out. Dude. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, how can you not see it? It's amazing. You know what I mean? Like I was just losing my mind. So anyway, Jordan, give right. us your pick, man. Give us your
1: first pick. Okay. Um, so if you rewind the clock back to October in our spooky Halloween episode, I've already mentioned this game. I've already talked about what I feel is one of the best first levels of any video game. And that was Sonic Adventure 2 the opening level, City Escape. So I'm going to talk about that. I know we've talked about the game before, um, and we've talked about the Sonic series a bit lately. So I'm going to try and make it a little more interesting and talk about a few other points, sort of tie into the level itself. So Sonic Adventure 2 came out in 2001. It was developed by Sonic Team USA, and it originally launched for the GameCube and the Dreamcast. And like I said, back in October, it was the last Sonic game to ever appear on a Sega console because after that, the Dreamcast died and then no more Sega consoles. So a uh, couple couple things. Um, Sonic Team USA, it uh, it was originally just called Sonic Team. And then after Sonic Adventure 1, the team split up. You had Sonic Team USA and Sonic Team Japan. And the reason being they split the company so that they could uh, – you know, create more games, split, uh, split their attention into other, other pots and work on different projects. And so the first team that Sonic Team USA did was this game, Sonic Adventure 2. So if you've ever played Sonic Adventure 2, you'll know that it has a very American feel to it. Like hmm. the, the opening level that I'm going to talk about um, takes place in San Francisco.
2: I, I was just going to say, like... I don't know. I never. Pl- I never played much of the Sonic Adventures. I think I may have played a demo, like in a in a store once. Yeah, but I played the, the same only one. <laughs> one, The only one I remember is when you're going down a hill and you're running away from. Uh, yeah, and that's this level. That's the one. This okay. is city yeah. Just checking. And, uh, it's pretty, that's you know, the only <laughs> level I've played from like any Sonic. Well, You're so still do down the low, <laughs> it,
1: down the San Francisco Hills. <laughs> it, it's the first level. So it makes sense that it might've been the only one you played, especially if it was a demo unit. But at the same time, it's one of the best mm-hmm. levels too, because when you play Sonic Adventure two, you don't technically have to play that level first because what happens is you can choose the hero campaign or the villain campaign. Oh, and if okay. you choose the hero campaign, you start as Sonic and this is the first level. So if you play the villain, then you start as Shadow or someone else and you play a different level. But this is the first official level in the game if you're Sonic. Um, And yeah, so uh, Sonic Team USA, their office opened up in San Francisco. They were inspired by the area around them. Um, So the opening level is you're racing down uh, the streets of San Francisco. And what's cool about it is the storyline starts with Sonic. He's actually captured by the military and there's this shot of this helicopter. How very
2: American! Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: There's this military helicopter flying, and uh, all you hear is like the the radio. Uh, it comes on, and it's like, "Sir, we've captured the Hedgehog, and he's <laughs> he's coming in for questioning or whatever." Right? And then and then all of a sudden, like you never go inside the helicopter, and then it's just like, the "What? Door. Oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh my god!" And it's like, "Boom, boom, boom, boom," and then all of a sudden the door flies open, and then <laughs> of Sonic course. flies out, and they're like, "He's <laughs> escaping! Get him!" And uh, where does he get the snowboard? So that's the thing. As he <laughs> breaks out of the helicopter, it's like a piece of like sheet metal flies off the side of the oh. helicopter and he catches it and he drops and he like sort of, st- it sticks to his feet like cartoon magic. And he yeah. just like flies down. He does this like helicopter, helicopter spin as he like falls towards the uh, the San Francisco city below. Um, then it cuts and then it's like level one begin. And then you see him like coming down from the sky. He hits the streets, lands on a snowboard and then he's off. So, like, as soon as you start playing, you're immediately, like, going top speed down a hill. Now, if you're playing a Sonic game and you're immediately going really, really fast... That's a a good good Sonic game. It's a good (laughs) sign. It's a good sign. So, there's there's lots of, like, what I really liked about the level was... um, So, I'll go into, like, all the details of what the level has, but it maintains that fast action pace the whole time. So... For those that don't know um it's it's a pretty infamous level for the the snowboarding intro as you're snowboarding down the streets of san francisco um you so there, there's some running parts, there's um, the loop-de-loops, and then towards the end, there's this giant semi that like starts chasing after just you. Just like San Francisco. And it's just like San Francisco. If well, you... of
0: course the military <laughs> has a semi. They haven't chased semi. I don't, think, semi.
1: They, don't <laughs> think they allow semis down those narrow... Yeah, like, I don't even <laughs> think a semi no. could get down a <laughs> San Francisco. And, and the, sem- the semi's chasing him, and it's like plowing cars out of its way. <laughs> yeah, just, and
0: it's like that scene from Batman where things
1: are just... Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just like that. Um, and, and what's cool is when the semi hits, it chases you, the camera does like a 180, and you have like that sort of that crash bandicoot. I was going to say yeah. that reverse camera angle where you're like looking at Sonic as he's running towards the screen and you can see like over your shoulder behind you, there's this giant semi that's like speed bumping and like plowing down the street and it's like, it's all downhill. It's so 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 dreamcast, right? Yeah. (laughs) What's
2: funny about that too, is I played so many other games that did something that was almost exactly like that. And you got to wonder if the team making it was like they were thinking about Sonic 2 while they yeah. were doing it like uncharted 2
1: does it yep. and i was just playing like resident evil and resident evil does it so well, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because um i'm g- i'm going to talk about it after the break but there's actually another game that some people feel this game was inspired by that they got the this whole idea for this level from okay so there's <laughs> Another story there, but it's it's when you play a level like this, you can see like what what it is inspired and what it might have been inspired by. It's really cool. Um, so running away from the semi, the snowboarding, all the speed, all the Sonic. Um, so the all the Sonic, all this, son- <laughs> all the Sonic that you want. This is the first level. It's a great introduction. So whether the rest of the game is good or not, it's setting a really good tone. So yeah. it's a good way to start a game. Um, so the composer, his name was June Sinoy, Uh probably butchered that, but oh, well, he's a composer uh, the, from the Sonic Team USA, and he's actually worked on quite a few Sonic games. Um, he was not the only composer, but he was the, the lead composer. Um, he was asked on Twitter what his favorite Sonic song was, and yeah. he said vocally, this was his favorite song. So he wasn't the singer, but, but he composed the mm-hmm, song. Yeah. Um, and that kind of made me feel bad because I remember in our Halloween episode talking about 100%. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's not the favorite, I yeah, guess. Yeah. He doesn't get much love these days. No. Um, so the legacy of this song has actually played through since. So this was the first the song had ever come up. The song, uh, most people just call it City Escape. I believe the level's is called City Escape and the song is called Escape the City. Regardless, it's been through a lot of different Sonic games. You can hear this song or remake versions of it. Um, going through the Sonic Mario and Sonic Winter Olympic Games, the London 2012 Olympic Games. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yep. It's remixed two different that ways. That Olympic
2: event where you escape from the semi, you know the one.
1: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's yeah. like That's the luge, but the semi behind but the semi. That would be great. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <they'd> like <laughs> snuck that into
0: the game somehow, like a cheat code.
1: <laughs> there's, uh, so in Sonic Generations, there's actually two different versions that they've uh, remastered for the game. I like that game, and it's even in Smash Bros. on the Wii U, so it's one of the default songs in that. You probably never heard it because you always picked the Sonic Heroes. Oh well, no, that's Sonic.
0: the Wii U one you're talking about. So
1: the oh, Sonic you're talking Sonic Brawl. Heroes was Brawl, yeah. Brawl. Okay. Um, and the cool thing about those remakes from Sonic Generation was that they got the same uh, the same vocalists, and it was exactly oh, re-recorded. Yeah, re-recorded. That's it. Cool. They didn't just use the original samples; yeah. they re-recorded it. Um, because they actually in, uh, introduced a new guitar solo, a new bridge, and another chorus for this re- remastered <laughs> version. And it's 10 years from the original. So they got oh, the wow. guys together after 10 years, and they said, let's do it again. <laughs> so which
0: one are we listening to, the remastered or We're going to listen original? to the
1: original. But I recommend, uh, if you're into it, checking out all of the uh, the Sonic generation. Uh, they Actually, there was, in Japan only, There uh, interesting side note, Um, And it totally fits in with the topic for the month being level one is that um, they did a a history of level one Sonic songs They released an album exclusively in Japan that goes through all the level one stuff from every Sonic game So totally fits in. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we're gonna listen to the original version of uh, escape the city uh, From Sonic Generations. Sorry Sonic Adventure 2. Let's go (laughs) my research uh, i came across a lot of people speculating that the escape the city level was inspired by another game oh yeah yeah um this game's called pepsi man and (laughs) it was a japanese only ps1 exclusive by a company called kid this game came out two years earlier than sonic adventure 2 and pepsi man is actually the japanese mascot for pepsi
3: oh i was <laughs> so gonna say this is, is like is yeah. it actually okay this I is cool like, spot this is, I cool was gonna, this spot. is actually that
0: was the first thing that popped in my head i was like wait no i played that game and i was like oh no that's oh, that's cool that's, spot. That's, seven <laughs> that's, seven,
1: that's seven up and i thought i'm like maybe i should save the pepsi man talk for another day in case we go into like a franchise like a fast food <laughs> franchise <laughs> we'll episode do like yo noid oh because <laughs> i, I want to talk about my kids so yeah I, what
0: uh, was that oh I, somebody today was just talking about that like Burger King, like sneak. Oh sneak yeah. King oh yeah. yeah.
2: Which I was actually pretty good for it what he like. It like they had a whole bunch too. of Xbox exclusive Burger King games and it was one of several actually. Yeah, so. Like creep up on people and yeah. give them burgers.
1: burgers. <laughs> <laughs> We, yeah,
2: all right. Good Super idea for weird. a future pe- podcast. Yeah, okay, like, so
1: maybe we'll come back to Pepsi Man, but uh, <laughs> so it was a Japanese only PS One exclusive, and uh, Pepsi Man runs around the city, um, you know, help, giving people Pepsi. There, there'll be like vending machines that are broken, and he's got to fill them with Pepsi. And <laughs> there's so it's a one, job. There's one level where like the and fight- he gets chased by a semi. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a so, cook
1: truck? So. Oh. <laughs> I I think it might be a (laughs) a Pepsi truck. There's it's a weird game. Like I I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. So I'll leave all the, all the other details out and I'll just stick to the city escape. So there, it actually, there's one level where he's actually um, snowboarding down the streets of San Francisco. (laughs) Oh wow. So So it's like straight up does that. Yeah. And then there's another, not the same level, but in a different level, he's being chased down the street by a semi, and it does the 180 reverse camera angle. And as he's running towards the camera, the semi's behind him, chasing him, knocking cars out of the way. Same exact thing. So it's, I, I'm not saying that they copied it, but. But they pretty much copied of, it. <laughs> but a lot of people online seem to think so.
0: Well, it's interesting too, right? Because you said that this was the first game that Sonic or that Sega Team of America or Sonic Team of America Sega, yeah. did ex- exclusively developed, and yet this was a Japanese only game.
1: Yes, but the team was so they part of
0: they could get away with
2: it. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm
1: thinking before they became uh, Sonic team USA. They were part of the bigger Sonic team before it oh, uh, okay. split in so half. So you're saying some of the people from Japan moved to America. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, very, they very well could have played it. Yeah. It, it could just be a huge coincidence. <laughs> there was
0: probably one of the Japanese guys was like, guess what? No one in America has played this game and this we're, is awesome and we yeah. can totally <laughs> rip it off and <laughs>
1: no one will know. <laughs> well, uh, that was Doki Doki panic. You know, <laughs> exactly, like, Nobody's yeah. ever going to play this. So let's uh, let's use it. Yeah. So, you know, th- maybe there's some truth there. Yeah. Um so I And it was I, the death of Pepsi Man. We never
2: got the Pepsi Man game after that cuz they think we were ripping off Sonic Adventure 2. And
1: <laughs> that's why we don't have Pepsi Man in uh, North America. Today. They considered so really yeah. They did actually consider moving it to, to North America but never happened. Yeah. I can't say if that's a a huge bummer or not. It is. <laughs> um
0: and then You got to you- Find Pepsi man. You're like the classic game guy. You got to find Pepsi man for your PS2 and we'll play it. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll try. Maybe I'll try and get it just in case we do talk about we'll some weird, weird games <laughs> in the future. Um, so just going through the evolution, then we go through the real escape the city that we've already talked about. Um, and then Sonic Generations 2011, uh, the game came out on PS3, uh, the Xbox 360 and the 3DS. It was another Sonic team developed game and, For those that don't know, when Sonic Generations came out, um, Sega had polled all their fans on Facebook and said, what levels do you want to see come back for this new game, this Sonic anniversary game? And Escape the City was one of the games they wanted in there or one of the levels they wanted in there. So they remade it for Generations, And I think it's even cooler than before. Like, (laughs) not only is he snowboarding down the streets, um, he's going along hydro lines now. He can actually go over rooftops and buildings so it doesn't feel so linear like you're going straight down the city. You actually can go over rooftops and, like, cross over into other streets. That's cool. Um, You're actually on rooftops at some point, not just going over. And then the scene where the semi comes after him, now the semi has, like, giant mechanical arms with saw blades (laughs) that come out. And at one point... (laughs) Um, you actually fly over this building and the semi like uh, activates. It's like rocket boosters and the <laughs> semi flies after you. And then like in Mario Kart eight style, you actually go along the, the Oops, sides side. <laughs> of buildings and the semis like driving across chasing you. They did a really good job because I think I th- got to play this level because
0: I actually own Sonic generations, yeah. but I never got that far in the game. Okay. I only played like the first few levels, but I really
1: liked it. Like I, as, as, in terms of modern Sonic games, it was really cool. Yeah, like they, they I, I thought that I, I can't say how far in the game it is because because it's um, Sonic Adventure, um, they probably put all the, yeah, more it's kind of chronological too. Yeah, so yeah. So you
0: probably, I'd probably have to play a ways in to get to it, but I would do it. It, it sounds good. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're
1: interested in playing uh, Escape the City, check that one out because I think that one, I think it holds up better. Like it's newer, it's only 2011, but yeah, I thought that was really interesting and I thought they, uh, they did a good job. Yeah, but. That's pretty much it for Sonic Adventure Two. Probably won't talk about it anymore because like, <laughs> I've talked about it twice now. But that whole soundtrack for Sonic Adventure Two is just filled with like awesome music, um, lots of singing, lots of vocals, lots of rapping by 100. <laughs> <laughs> that the next time you talk about Sonic Adventure Two will will be after we talk about Pepsi Men. Yeah, there you <laughs> you'll go. be like, I'll remember that episode? I still,
0: you know, for me, it's it's funny because it was a big part of like
2: Sonic games. It seems, but for me, uh, like mu- video game music with lyrics is weird.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely like it's just different, right? Yeah. Like, cause for so many years there never was lyrics, and then like it was like they got into that era where it was possible, yeah. And like a lot of companies were kind of like, we're not doing this, yeah. and but Sonic, er, but Sega was like, oh yeah, we're well, doing yeah. And it. What I, what I
1: said last month when you talked about Sonic Heroes is that yeah. there's a quality to the singing that's almost like it's so bad it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, it's and, like and that cheesy goodness. Yeah, it's, it's like so good. It, it almost has a bit of like um like a. J-pop sort of feel to it where it's like to, to a North American audience listening to J-pop is a little bit um, it's, it's like, I, I don't know it's different like you you can't help but smile when yeah. you hear it it's fun, it's and, fun. It's, and it's different that's a good way to and it's, different. It. Yeah. it's fun because uh, there's nothing wrong with it it's just not something we're used to and it has a quality that makes it stand out from what we're used to listening to but the other thing that um, that I think ties it in good is like with this particular level you're snowboarding so it's like if you were snowboarding in real life you know nothing wrong with some tunes oh playing. you know what right.
0: I, I go snowboarding all the time I should
1: have Listen this playing all the this. time <laughs> and then just uh, picture a semi chasing you I'll Sorry. get a big like cardboard semi like yeah, thing and, and I'll see chase after I you yeah.
0: <laughs> That would be a great YouTube video. Come on, how good would that be? Get, uh, I got like a blue if I get like a blue like uh w- snowsuit yeah, and stuff. And
1: put a, a GoPro uh, on a stick and have it pointing towards you, stick yeah, it on Oh my god, we're, we're gonna do this, that, yeah.
0: <laughs> this winter. This is actually happening. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, oh my god. Th- all right. Look look forward to the VGM generation's YouTube channel. It's gonna have one video that's gonna set the world on fire. Yeah. But that's <laughs> it. I'm done. All right. All right, Aaron, go ahead. What do you, right. what do you got for us this, this week? What do I have? I've
2: got a uh, another landmark game, you could say. And <laughs> this is unfortunate because I almost feel like this is a game that you guys may not have played as much as me. So I'm not sure if you'll have as much to say about it. What are you talking about? Oh, man, <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> the original first-person shooter. This is Doom. I did play a bit. You did play a bit. I, I played a bit, too. So... so
0: well, go ahead. Well, I, mean, yeah, can't, I can't assume
2: after. that no, people haven't played Doom. Yeah. Maybe it, because, you know, obviously it's Doom. And it, not like it was the first shooter. shooter. Wolfenstein 3D obviously I, came before. Yeah. But uh, Doom was the one that kind of set the world on fire. So, uh,
0: it, Literally. Yeah,
2: literally <laughs> on fire. Yeah. And then it got crazier and crazier. And, of course, things came later like uh, Duke Nukem 3D, which was like, we'll take Doom and we'll just up the craziness of all of that to the yeah. nth degree. Well,
1: you said it would set the world on fire. Wasn't that Doom 2? <laughs> that took place on Earth. And yeah, because, Doom one was on Mars.
2: Yeah, because at the at the end of because your whole thing is basically you're on Mars and you're a portal. Scientists have opened a portal essentially to Hell. One of the moons of Mars gets transported above Hell, and then so you battle your way across the moons, then you battle your way across Hell, and then at the when you beat the final demon, you get transported back to Earth. But it's too late; you didn't stop the
0: invasion. So, Doom Two. Doom two. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs> hell on Earth. Yeah. Was so, uh.
0: What was I going to ask? When when you're playing, is the final boss just the devil? It's not Satan. I think the final boss is, I think it's the cyber
2: demon. I'm not 100% (laughs) sure, but it's... I never got that far. I always (laughs) always get one and two mixed up because I played them both at the same time. Well, here's the funny thing is that like millions and millions of people, like Doom was super popular, but for me, like millions of people, I only ever played the shareware version, which was just the first game, the first level essentially, the first series of levels which uh, w- took place on the first moon so i only ever played
1: the shareware version and which ties in pretty pretty funny to this cuz <laughs> cuz the shareware was only the first level so. yeah which,
2: exa- well i mean that's the thing is like there were multiple levels on there so you go yeah. through like multiple levels to get the end but it was just the first the section first world, if and you this will. was yeah. yeah first worlds and this was what was distributed through like bbss and on disks that you'd send away for Yeah, dem- shareware basically a demo yeah. essentially and yeah and this was uh, this was like i think this was also like almost the beginning not not the beginning of shareware. There were some shareware stuff before this, but this will like took off in a way like nothing else I mean this started all the controversies about like violence in video games and the yep. Columbine high school shooting and like all of that stuff people would trace back to Doom as being like this over the top violent satanic kind of game well right?
0: and it had like it just was like ripe with fodder for like oh, a totally. news station to like here's footage of you're in hell and yeah. you
1: have guns That's and right. it's violent because there's like
0: pentagrams and there's
2: demons just like, <laughs> exactly. oh, yeah. like checklist
1: right zombies and yeah. everything yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy yeah. all the news stations they were pointing the finger at Marilyn Manson <laughs> and this game and Doom yeah. yeah exactly and
2: it's funny to go back and look
1: at Doom now
2: and see you know it's like it's, quaint now it's it's super <laughs> quaint i mean the thing is it was it was one of the first wolfenstein was everything was on a flat plane so you're going through like a maze and you're going through doors but it's all flat surface doom was the first game to actually have sort of 3d terrain you could go upstairs you could go downstairs but it was all a fake system like it wasn't true 3D it used this sort of displacement so you could like go up and down and you couldn't like aim up or down or you could take like these <laughs> elevators and stuff like that but it was all fake in this and you couldn't have like rooms that were on top of each other so you could never like go under a section that you or over a section it right. was it was yeah. all had to be
1: within this sort of map because of the yeah because of the technology of the yeah the technology but that they did a good job added. of Faking it to make you feel like there was a lot more going on. Exactly. For its time, it was fantastic. Well, it's it's.
2: First, I'm want to. I'm just going to mention a couple of details about Doom, just for people who. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's actually talk about Doom. So Doom came out in 1993, and developed by ID Software, who who uh, you know is still around. Still around. Obviously, they developed like Quake and everything, so they're uh, hugely popular. And uh, the music for this game was developed was was composed by a guy named Robert C. Prince III. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow, that's yeah. a fantastic name. Uh,
2: that, that's what they popped up on uh, Wikipedia, which I don't know if he put that on there or not, but I guess he's generally kind of known as Bobby Prince. Bobby Prince sounds much more casual than Robert C. C. Prince, Prince III. <laughs> you have to say that with an English accent. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also worked on the music for um, other in software games. Like he did Wolfenstein 3D, did Doom, Doom 2. He did Duke Nukem 2 and Duke Nukem 3D. So he did the music for all those games. And uh, the big sort of head honcho behind... Doom, who brought it to the world, one of the head developers, John Carmack, who's you know one of those legendary names in game development. Yep. He, in an interview, basically said that uh, a lot of the music for this game, and this is also true to stuff we've talked about in the past, was sort of like ripped off from existing music. So it had a very... In, in some places it had a very heavy metal inspired soundtrack. So heavy guitars and that kind of stuff. And he said it was like, basically they were just copies of songs by Pantera and like Alice in Chains yeah. and stuff like that, which is I've funny. Li- I've listened
1: to the comparisons too. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's funny cause you know, back in the wild west of game development, when you totally just try to get away with that and think of a game as big as could, Doom. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. A game as well known or as big as Doom trying to get away with
0: that. Well, my favorite thing about that, right? Is that when you're developing the game, you don't know how big it's going to be, right? Mm. Like people have a sense. They're like, yeah, this is really good. But a lot of times people think that the game comes out and totally flops. So that's the funniest thing that like these huge games were probably like, well, maybe it won't be that big. And then they get, they still get away with it. It
2: almost seems with this one that like, and John Carmack. And I got to say like, he seems to me is sort of like, he's one of those game developers whose ego is, is just inflated. Inflated. (laughs) And they, they knew that this game was going to, be big. Like, yeah. They knew awesome. it was going to set the world on fire. And they even talked about, I think beforehand there were like ads and they talked about how it was like going to be cause a major like drop in productivity. And I guess like places like the windows, like the Microsoft campus. Yeah. Like there were huge drops in
0: productivity because, because so many were people
2: playing. Were, were playing it. And wow. <laughs> it was one of the first games also to do like deathmatch. In fact, the, yeah. the term deathmatch came from doom. From doom? Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. It, it was the first game to actually do like local area network deathmatch, deathmatch and that kind of thing. And, uh, um, so level one has a song in it called at doom's gate. And even though some of the later songs in it are a little more atmospheric, this one starts off on like a super high energy note. This goes right into the full on rock music. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's super memorable today. Uh, I also to refresh my memory with this is I watch a video and, and you guys know the, uh, you know, teens react series. So, For as part of my research, I watched teens react to Doom. to Doom. So watching them play it, and it made me want to play Doom so badly, just to watch them go through this. And like, it's funny because everyone's they're they're looking at it and they disparage it as
0: as teens do. It they looks hate so everything. old. It and looks retro. So old and you can't bad. you can't even Those aim damn up. You can't even you can't even jump. <laughs> yeah, but, that's so weird. eh, To think that you can't aim up like yeah. just left and right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, these kids were like totally into it. This is a game that is still fun and has been because the, I think it was in, I can't remember what year, but like 2007, um, they basically made the code for it open source. So since then it's
1: on everything. Like I remember seeing, everything.
0: I remember seeing somebody hacked like the original iPod nano to play doom. <laughs> <laughs> there,
1: there was a guy on, on Reddit a couple months ago that has this new keyboard that you can program different images on for your key displays and somebody asked, can you play Doom saw that. Yeah. in a key on your keyboard? Yeah. And he figured back, it out like, a little, back, little yeah, display yeah. at yeah. the top oh, of the was, keyboard. Yeah. Oh, it was the touchpad from the, uh, the Mac the, Pro. The, uh, from the yes, yeah. yes, the new Mac the, Pro The touchpad. <laughs> he came back like a week later and said, here it is. <laughs> and he was playing it. It looked like garbage, but yeah. he could
2: do it. Oh, I love that. That's, That's hilarious. And another innovation that was big with um, Doom, and they didn't intend this originally. And I don't know if you know about the concept of uh, WAD files wads yeah which was basically one of the earliest sort of modding that people were doing with games. okay is that it was these uh i I wish i could remember what it stood for but these wad files were sort of compressed files that held all of the information for the game and people realized that you could sort of like hack them apart and do their own content and put them back together and that community goes on to this day with people still making mods for the original doom and it's Software never intended it to be uh like a modable game but once they sort of saw this they totally embraced it as well which so. is what
0: you should do oh, as yeah. a game developer you shouldn't try and shut it down like Nintendo does and yeah. i remember back in the day is i had
2: um, wads for um doom i had like the the star wars one where it replaced the <laughs> chainsaw with a lightsaber which interestingly was sort of the influence for dark forces the pc game dark forces
0: oh really yeah. it was inspired Crazy. by the it was the doom inspired mod?
2: by the doom mod apparently <laughs> that's what i've heard cool that's and cool. Uh, i also had the transformers one Oh, as okay. well, which
1: I didn't uh, even know there was. No, <laughs>
0: what was that? Like you were fighting like Decepticons.
1: You were
2: fighting Decepticons, That's and awesome. one thing that was funny is I don't know if people like this is going back into the lore of Transformers a little bit, but in Transformers the movie there was a character named Wheelie, mm-hmm. and he had this super high pitched voice, and it was really annoying, and he talked in like rhyming sing song. It was <laughs> yeah. the worst, and in the game, like in Doom, there's like this one sprite of like
0: people impaled on spikes yeah and And they all replaced it with (laughs) wheelie impaled on spikes and that's like my strongest memory from oh that's awesome i want to play transformers doom on the on the macbook pro touchpad
2: that's what i want (laughs) to do (laughs)
0: that's awesome
2: all right so back to the song this is at doom's gate from the original doom (laughs) <laughs> Classic song, legendary game, yeah, yeah. and uh, and also it. super relevant because of course in 2016 a new Doom came out, new Doom. which was trying to go back to the original concept. Even though Doom 3 was essentially a remake of the original Doom, it never really had the feeling of the original Doom. So in this one they tried to go back to like the high-intensity action. They wanted to sort of recapture the feeling. So from what I heard, I haven't actually played the new Doom, but well, I want to.
1: The the thing is, I think they kind of dropped the ball on Doom 3. I don't know mm-hmm. if you played it, but it, it turned out to be more like a... Survival horror. Survival horror. Yeah. I remember playing People through... People like said the, it was like pant-weddingly scary, though. It might have been, but I played through like part of, like, I don't know how many hours I put into it and I was waiting for it to feel like Doom and it yeah. never
0: did. But more like,
2: a, it's more like a dead space or a Resident Evil yeah. yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of.
1: For me, that wasn't why I wanted to play it. it. The cool thing was it came with Doom 1 and 2 on the same disc, so yeah. it was nice to have, like, the Doom trilogy all in one place. But the
2: point of Doom, I, well, and I don't know if this is the point of Doom, but one thing that people love about it is you feel like a badass. You get that shotgun and it's just like, you hit a guy and there's like, he makes this horrible
1: noise and gets blown to pieces and, well, and like, falls backwards and, 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 I and I it's awesome! Th- yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome! <laughs> So, I have played the new one, and and I think that's where where it feels like Doom again. I actually listened to the uh, let the intro music play because I'm like I want to hear that song, the one we just listened yeah. to, and I remember it, it's it's not quite the same song, and then all of a sudden there's this part in the song where it changes, and it's like <laughs> there it is, there it is. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, but they they did a good job because. Um, it, again, it, it feels like like the whole world feels like a playground. Um, I've seen all these videos of people playing it online and then I went and bought the game over the Christmas sale and I played through the first couple levels just to see if everything I saw felt good when I was playing the controls and it totally does.
0: Everybody said, like, that game's got great reviews. Like, people are saying it's like, one of the best, if not the best first-person shooter, like straight ahead first-person shooter. Which is year. so
2: surprising because, you know, the Doom series is kind of, like you said, with three, it kind of fallen off a little bit. A yeah. A little bit. The totally, star has not shining as bright, but. But they well, killed it with this yeah, one. They oh brought yeah. it right back. When they it's were, on my wish list.
1: When they were developing the game, uh, a lot of people were a little nervous from what they saw because they were worried like they were putting all their attention into like Deathmatch and all this stuff. And they were like, oh, this doesn't feel like a Doom. You guys, I don't know what you're doing. Like everybody got nervous and then the game came out and it was quiet and everybody started playing it and they were like, what the heck? This game is amazing. Like (laughs) I didn't expect
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for Doom, you can probably say what the hell. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I just say heck all the time. I know. It's just so appropriate. Yeah. But yeah,
1: more appropriate.
0: All right. Well, I guess. Oh, the only other small thing I'll add. So the only time I played this game was um, a a family friend of ours. Uh, They had like kind of a better PC and they're. The sons in the family were a little older than me. And so when I would go over, I would always be like, let's play video games. Cause they always had like the newer console before I did and stuff like that. And I remember one time we went over and we played Doom. Mm-hmm. And I was just a little kid. And, you know, he was showing <laughs> me on the keyboard, like, Here's and you how need you a shoot. 486 but, to
2: play Doom. Well, well and yeah. And
0: you had to have like a pretty, yeah. you know, at the time, at Robust PC, yeah. uh, which I did not. And so uh, I remember playing Doom at their house just maybe once or twice, but I was like, this is cool. And like, <laughs> yeah, and exactly that, right? When you get that shotgun the first time, and the, as yeah. you like blow yeah. the guy to pieces, you're like, ah! You,
1: you feel, feel powerful. Exactly. It's, you it's feel so fan. It just feels character. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So fun fact on the uh, Super Nintendo, the cart is red. Ooh. Yes, that's right. And you have, have the cart, right? I do, yeah. yeah. There's two, though. There's Maximum Carnage is also red. but yeah. and Doom. Um, but Doom is the other red one. How be. was the port? Was the port good? It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about the port. We're, no, we're talking about the original MPC. Yeah. Yeah. But uh,
0: all right. So anything else? About Doom? About Doom? No, that's it. All Doom's right. Awesome. Well, then the only l- 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 question we have for you is what have you been playing here? What have I been playing recently? Well,
2: it was recently the Christmas holidays. So I, I was probably jumping around a little bit, but uh, I was also deathly ill. So yeah. I played where I could. Uh, I started playing Final Fantasy 15 and then abandoned that. So we're not going to talk about that. Oh, really? Yeah. Abandoned it because... No, I'm not abandoning it completely. Oh, okay. It's just other things came along and I got kind of distracted. Sidetracked. So yep. Sidetracked. And then because, you know, this holiday sale it was on, um, I, I found out I, that m- my brother and I just finished playing through Resident Evil 5 co-op. And I may have even talked about that in the po- podcast. I think you did, And yep. then we learned that Resident Evil 6 was also co-op. So we're like, oh, hell, you know, it's on sale. It's under 10 bucks. We'll do that. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. And that game's not very good. <laughs> no, it's, 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 got, it's got its moments. It's very sort of modern Resident Evil. But yeah, the best part about it is you can do this one move where you're like aiming and you can like jump backwards and land on your back and then like <laughs>
0: wiggle around
2: and crawl around to the ground. That's so we spend it? 90% of our time just doing that. <laughs> wiggling around on yeah, the Yeah, wiggling around and jumping. Sounds it does very, have one of the best parts. sounds part.
0: very Aaron-like. Yeah. It has one of the best parts.
2: Actually, no, it does have one of the best parts in one of the campaigns of any Resident Evil game, which is where you come across like you're in a burning Chinese city and you come across a playground and there's actually actions to like slide down the slide and climb (laughs) under the monkey bars and stuff. So (laughs) that's hilarious. Spend a good amount of time there. But Resident Evil is also not the game I'm talking about for what I've been playing. I want to talk about Dying Light. Okay. Which I don't know if you guys... No, nope. heard, heard of it, it. heard yeah, of yeah. it, but haven't played it. But it's a uh it's a game that uh I don't I did it come out last year or I think so, yeah. Yeah, I or last it got a, year big or a year update before. update. It didn't it's, come out this year. No, no, it didn't <laughs> come out this year. But I, I was wondering like if last year was just like a big update because I know it went through a big thing where it got like huge graphical updates and content updates Lots and of, a lot of DLC yeah. and patching and that kind of thing. And it's from a Polish developer which I can, don't know I yeah. don't know the name of. I pol- yeah, I can't the, Excuse me now, but I don't have details on this. I didn't know I was going to be talking about it. But Dying Light is the concept is you are it's a parkour zombie game. So it's open world, this big open city, and you have a a bunch of parkour moves and it's you about you running around completing missions. The story is sort of like a little bit g- generic garbage, but it's, there's zombies it's and run from them. It's yeah. fun because it's mostly melee combat too, so you run around with pipes and it's like yeah. I found a crowbar. Now I'm going to attach, you know, a flamethrower to it and I'm going to like Add poison. Oh, it's like that and other nails, zombie kind game. of like Dead
0: Rising. Dead Rising, yeah. Um, Techland is the developer. Techland, yeah. yeah, and it's the one where like you have to get safe before that. Yeah, it that's gets why it's dark, called right? Dying yeah. Dying
2: Light. It's, yeah. that, it's got it's got a day night cycle, and the nights like when it's night, it is super dark and super dangerous. It actually feels frightening and they've got these like super infected that are out there that will hunt you down and when you're out there running from them it actually truly feels frightening. They did a really good job of doing that and even when you're out doing missions and you see the sun setting and it's like sun's going down we gotta wrap this up and then you get like a message over your intercom it's like guys drop whatever you're doing get back to safety.
1: Well I've seen uh, I've seen Norm online playing with you so there's a
2: good multiplayer component? That's the other thing too is I've been playing it. Is it the reason I started playing it was for its co-op multiplayer. I was talking with with Norm and my brother and we basically said, Hey, we need something to play. That's that's co-op multiplayer. We have been playing a bit of overwatch and uh, you know, we want to play something together. So we started playing dying light for that exact purpose. And it's got four player online co-op Very and cool. it's, it's, it's well implemented. It's a lot of fun. I like, I like sort of the thing where you'll go do a mission and it'll be like, okay, we need to turn the power on at, substation A and substation B, they're on opposite sides of the city and you can kind of like split up or maybe there's three checkpoints and you, You know, have to sort of coordinate and split up and do your own little adventure. Co-op
0: games where you absolutely have to cooperate are the most fun. Yeah, though we spend again
2: because we just like to screw around. We spend ninety percent of our time drop kicking zombies. That's like (laughs) one of the first skills you get. Is this like (laughs) the drop kick? Double foot drop kick thing where you basically run, flying side kick, and you just like land hard on the ground. But you hit these zombies and they go (laughs) flinging off. That's
0: awesome. And and are you kind of super powered a little bit? Do you, you feel, do feel like a you little, feel
2: s- kind of overpowered, and yeah. it's the whole parkour thing too. Is you're yeah. running around the city, you're climbing buildings, re- leaping from rooftop yeah. to rooftop. So you got a bit of Ezio in you, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, and of course, it's after the zombie apocalypse has been going on for a little while. So there's like these spikes attached to everything. you know, running around like drop kicking zombies into these spike walls and stuff like that. That's so awesome.
0: It's a good time. It sounds is, like a lot of fun. Yeah. So that game's probably a little expensive to add to the price pack, but I we was, can add. Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2? Sonic Adventure 2 it's because on, it's on Steam. It's on Steam. So if you want to get uh, chased down the San Francisco hills by a semi truck, <laughs> uh, feel free. So that's the game we'll add. We'll add Sonic Adventure 2 to the prize pack. And now we'll talk about how you win that prize pack. And that is by going on Twitter, as always, and just clicking that retweet button one time or three times if you feel like it. But uh, so three tweets go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for iTunes, or sorry, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Store. Uh, and uh, just hit retweet once, and that is your entry. That is how everybody up to this point is won. And like we like to say, your chances of winning are as good as <laughs> one in <and> one. <laughs> and I'm always trying to look for people who I can tell, listen to the podcast. So uh, we... To so mention uh, the secret word. Mention the secret word, which is... Abstergo. Semi-truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, just click that retweet button, and that's how you win. And for the bonus entry, you leave us a review on iTunes or a comment on SoundCloud. And uh, that's all for this week. So thanks very have, much for
1: listening. Mm-hmm. Sorry, do you want to add the, the card as well? That's last. There's a secret <laughs> card that's going to come at the end of the month. Okay, you can got to get out of I didn't the know if you just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, that's a good teaser. You have okay. to listen all month if you want the secret card. Okay. but that's uh, that's coming in. But um, that's it for this month. Uh, happy New Year's, everybody! And uh, there's there's some there's some fun there's some more fun things to come. I got some. I got some tricks up my sleeve for <laughs> for, for, uh, for this year. So keep listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.
2: Yeah. Was hello? hello. Yeah. hello. You get in the game. yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put this all. Did he the say end. his own Us name? doing yeah. all like the voices. <laughs> it's it's Mario. Me. Mario. Yeah, he definitely does was that. Was that not that
1: was Mario Kurt. Wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't say his name. No, no, I
0: don't think he said his name in sixty four. Really? There's no way he doesn't say it's a me Mario. It's a it's me
1: a... Mario. <laughs> Mario. Oh, I thought that was from Mario Skipped Kart. For a second. Yeah. I I didn't think we were actually recording anything no. right now. I am because I'm gonna put
0: it at the end of the episode and it's gonna be funny.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and he, and he
2: said, "Let's go before uh, since starting you're, a level."
1: Since you're really good at all the Mario uh, impressions, can you do the uh, sound he makes when he gets hit? <laughs> <laughs> that was super loud. <laughs> that's when he uh, when he falls off when though. he jumps off yeah. the cliff. <laughs> I, I think,
0: always the sound, uh, like the sound, uh, like the when he like lands hard. Like that's not a that's sound a- he makes, but just a little.
1: That sort of, oof. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. I love yeah. that one.
3: Because
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like a mix of his voice and the, the sound the in, of the him impact. hitting the ground. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Charles Martinet.